each of you possesses within us the power of change. That power of change can extend beyond our physical borders to others, where we can promote change in others by demonstrating that change in us. And so change starts intrinsically, and you can change the world. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today by Dr. Mark Wiseman. Dr. Mark is a uh, modern day shaman sworn by ancestral gods uh, and as a former pastor of the Christian church, he has studied extensively throughout the world um, and he offers wisdom and guidance to incorporating spiritual teachings into modern day psychological issues. Dr. Mark, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me uh, on your show. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate it. You know, I, I have been seeing more and more the move toward mental and, and emotional, spiritual, psychological health, and I'm very happy to include this in my podcast as well. Um, before we get into it, can you give us a, a little bit more in-depth about you, about how you came to be where you are, and, and any stories you want to tell in that, in that realm? Well, that, that's a very long journey, as you can tell by the color of my beard. Right. Um, the journey started for me when I was very young. I was introduced to the spiritual realm. And just as its existence at that time, uh, as I grew up, uh, uh, probably teenage years-ish, uh, I was, I was uh, tutored by uh, a Navajo uh, medicine man in Tucson, uh, who really just exploded my understanding of spiritual connections and how we we communicate constantly. Uh, many of us think that you have to sit down in this seance or or prayer or or all these other functions to communicate with our ancestors. And what he showed me and introduced me to was this idea that no, no, they're always around us. And that we simply need to open our mind and uh, understand that. From there, I went on to uh, a, a very long tenure in the Christian church, where I learned uh, quite a bit about um, the beliefs they had, the practices, understanding kind of how they uh, uh, related to their their spiritual source, their spiritual center. Um, Later on in my career as a, a chaplain, I attended uh, Wayland Baptist University, where I was introduced to theology. 
and the, the understanding of theology. And for the first time in my life, anyway, uh, it became clear how uh, different people translate their theology differently to suit their need. And so we see, uh, you know, I mean, just looking through the Christian church from the early splits in the Catholic church all the way down to the multiple threads now, we see it's just simply a different perspective of looking at the same thing. Um, and so uh, that really took a hold of me uh, very strongly, uh, at which point I was also introduced at about the same time to my own personal um, culture and my heritage, which stems from de northern Denmark. And I began to embrace that and began to try to understand that. I had already studied at that point in my life. I'd already looked at the, uh, the nation of Islam. I'd looked at Confucianism. I'd looked at uh, Buddhism and the, the, the religion of the Sikh. Um, so I had a, a vast uh, understanding when it dawned on me that uh, as you go further back in time, I believe that we come to more of a raw spiritual connection that has been diluted over the generations as unfortunately there have been people who have instilled these pieces of what they had thought at the time were necessary controls and practices and and those then became part of that but the further you go back the further you get to the raw spiritual connection with our ancestors with other spiritual forms and i believe that's that's really where i was called and so the celtics called me home and here i am <laughs> oh, that's awesome that, and so you've kind of studied a, a little bit of every religion i put that in quotes because i really I, I resonate with what you said is that they're all kind of saying the same thing you know the the golden rule is there and it's sort of been a way that we explain, you know, what's happening in our world. And, and it's interesting, like, like you say, like everyone has sort of a different way of relating to their spirit, to their inner spirit. And uh, that was one thing that struck me even, I mean, now having met you and even before I met you just reading your bio, I, I could tell that you're not so like dogmatic, but more open and, and sort of, uh, you know, understanding of everybody has their own unique journey and you know kind of more right. of, a, of a sharing uh you know you're sharing your experience and helping other people to sort of uh like heal psychological traumas and things like that through some practices that, that you well I, yeah and i think just importantly chris to understand is not that i i, I i'm more than happy to share my journey um, but my journey obviously is not your journey, right? It's sure, not right, another's right. journey, but people, I think, uh, in many cases, many of the people whom I've worked with over the, the decades now have come to me and they've said, I've always been ashamed, afraid, or, or something, you know, Oh, could I have been so wrong or, or these, that, and the other thing. And, and, and so my message is not that, Oh, we have different perspectives. It's that it's okay to have different perspectives. 
And so one of the, the, the greatest stories that I was given by, by my spiritual entities who, whom I channel with was that they explained this idea of a puddle. And, and, and it's, it's a wonderful analogy to our life is when we consider nine of us standing in a circle, all looking down into the center, which is where this puddle is upon the ground. And we know as we look into the puddle, each of us sees something a little different. Obviously, the reflection of the person across the puddle from us, right? We, we may see a different view of the clouds reflecting in the water. So we're, we're all going to have a different view. And, and it's not, I don't think, it's not until we step outside of our current perspective, we step to the left or we step to the right, and we look at the puddle from a different perspective. And as we move completely around the puddle, now we have an understanding of what the puddle is. We know now the, the width of it, the, the depth of it, all the different views of it. We understand it more completely. I think too many people are so willing to put their binders on and oh, I can't look at your perspective. I have to look at mine because mine is right or, or mine is better than yours. And, and they're really not you're all looking at the same puddle. I mean, it's the same puddle of water. Um, and then, of course, I always expand that teaching to say, okay, you've now traveled around the nine positions of the puddle. Now communicate with the person to your right. And what do they see in the puddle? And begin to see not only the different perspective, because you saw that as you traveled around the puddle, but what does that view look like to them? Because we know genetically, chemistry, all of those physiology things are different in every human being. They're different. And so we create different chemicals. We create different balance of chemicals. And that chemical balance or imbalance, whichever you may apply, is what our brain then interprets as emotion. Well, we proved, as science has now gotten to the place where it's finally proved, that you possess the power using that chemical, that chemical uh, composition I just spoke of to change your DNA. We can physically change who you are at a fundamental level. So the person whom you're born to the time that you create, you and, and the, your beautiful uh, partner create another life, offspring, you are a different person from the person you were born as. Yes. Um, you think about it. Your cells have divided and died off. So literally, all of that's gone. And your chemistry has changed your DNA to construct these new cells. So not only have you shed off these old cells, but the cells you're creating are different than the ones that you're replacing with. Right. And they've even shown that, you know, people with like multiple personalities, they, they can actually change the color of their eyes because they are so, they believe so strongly that they are this other person. And so they'll have brown eyes and they'll have blue eyes or uh, things yeah. like that. Again, yes, yeah. it's, it's a DNA manipulation. But, 
you know, science has finally gotten to the point now. And one of the beautiful things I, I was having a conversation with another man the other day, and he was saying that, you know, this this new science, if you will, of quantum science is now proving all of these spiritual theories we've known all along um, that have been handed down for hundreds of generations. But one of the biggest ones that I think in my mind, as I began to do my studies that I tied together was this fact that we always maintain the power of change. We, we, we cannot physiologically surrender that skill and ability. We, we can't, we can't say, oh, I'm never going to change because you are going to change just in the fact of your biological construction, whether you want to change your mind or you want to change your personality or you want to be this or be that, that that's almost irrelevant. What's relevant here is that you physically cannot stop your changes. And that's very important for, for people to understand um, is that, you know, everybody says, oh, I can't change my ways. I can't change this. I can't change that. And I will disagree. I will disagree profusely because you have no choice but to change. So a very different kind of mindset, I guess. I think that's a, that's a very empowering place to come from, especially for somebody who believes that they can't change. Agreed. If, if not, not only are you saying, yes, you can change, but you're saying you're already changing. You've changed since the last time you and I spoke, you know, a right. month ago, you're, it's right. just automatic. So therefore right. you are a changing mechanism, a changing yep. being. So let's figure out where you want to change to. That's right. maybe a little more conducive to happiness, right? And that's exactly right, Chris. And, and so now your, your whole uh, life's experience is now, how do I direct my trajectory to those things that I want? Health, happiness, love, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that we want to bring into our life. How do I now foster the changes that I know are happening anyway, how can I now drive that instead of allowing it to drive me? And this is where we come to lessons of living intentionally, where we're in a driver's seat. We're, we're making the calls. And I, I tell people all the time, they come to me and they say, oh, my mind is just 90 miles an hour. And I'm like, well, who's in the driver's seat? Right. Who, who's driving this boat? Um, if, if it's you then you need to just tell them to sit down and shut up. Right. I need to focus here. You know, this is just like driving a car on the, on the roads today. We tell people, shut up. I'm trying to drive here. Right. right. And, and, and so, or do we say, no, I'm going to take more of this victim type mentality and allow these choices, these changes to now drive me. And so it's, it's kind of a different mind shift that, that I tried to help people to understand that the power is always within you. You know, uh, um, I, I had a, 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 a wonderful, a wonderful soul. I worked with uh, about a year ago now, and, and uh, she had come from a very, very dark place in her life. And, and she was very, very hurting. Um, but she came to me and she said, I just don't have 
I don't have the, the opportunity. I don't have the, the possibility of changing. You know, she was in an abusive relationship and she said, I, I just can't change because if I leave, he, you know, I'll get beat up or I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. Or, or, you know, and then I've got to do things on my own. I've got to, and I told her, I said, you can either a allow the situation in this case, your abuse to drive you, to force you to believe that you can change. Or you simply say, shut up. I'm going forward. I'm going to change today. And I intentionally mean to change. And so what you will find in, in her case, as an example, was she's finally had gotten to the point where she and her very young child at the time said enough and they left and she was very terrified she was scared of being out on her own and she found people willing to give her a couch she found you know the the social services that were available absorbed her like no one's business helped her out helped her get on her feet helped her to uh come to a place where her and her child now were not just surviving, but they were living. Okay. And so that's a great place to be. Right. So you're not, you're above, uh, I guess, uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Right. Right. So right. you're off the first level. Right. And so you're starting to look through the, the, the rest of the stack. She had gotten to a place where she could love again. And I'm, I'm here to report, uh, it's been, I must've been 16 months. Cause she said it was 16 months, almost to the day from the time she left the boyfriend relationship she had had to her wedding day. Hmm. And so now she is happily married with a, uh, a man who, who, who just adores her, adores her child, adores the family. They have a very exciting dynamic within their family and so now she's she's almost getting to that top of Maslow's needs, right? You know, right. where self-actualization. Right. And she's coming to that realization that there's more out there. Um, so a, a, a wonderful transition. But it, I think her story, to me, speaks volumes about the mind's ability to just change. Just right. decide enough of that other stuff change right and that uh other things will follow suit and in her case you know uh, i think there were some other alignments that came into play um of course those are my spiritual beliefs that that kind of lined up for her and and kind of paved the way for her to 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 reach the success she, she needed right so would but it's say, possible would you say uh so so she sort of responded to something that you you and her were, were discussing, right? And, and you were sort of getting through to her that, hey, you have the ability to direct this change machine. Would you say that's like step one? So for somebody watching this who may or may not ever meet you in person, is that the, the step one? Like, hey, just, just remember, just realize that you can steer this ship whatever direction you want I, to go. I, I believe it is, but I, I think the first, the first step in our psychological journey to make, to recognize the value of that decision 
is understanding and, and coming to terms with the idea that while other people are super intelligent, myself included, super intelligent, I'm not super intelligent about you because I'm not you. Right. That's you. So their truths, their facts, their all of their input into your life needs to be evaluated and saying, okay, does this apply to me or not? If it doesn't, throw it away, get it out of your mind and move on. Um, And so I think the first step when we talk about making this kind of understanding is coming to realization about who you are and what you want. And so kind of strip away all of those thoughts that people are pounding you with saying, Oh, I have a better way. I have a better way. I have the answer. Right. No, you don't because you have an answer for what works for you. You don't have the answer because you have no idea of, you know, the, the journey I've had, the, the memories I've had to, you know, in, uh, endure that has altered my chemistry. So we see even in tests, you know, um, they say all the time, oh, even twins, when they're separated, right? and they, they begin this chemical uh, manipulation apart, they, they literally, you could take identical twins, and now they begin to have this different mindset, this different idea of success, this different idea of value, and, and they can honestly... Now you can see the difference between them. Right. If you couldn't before. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And they have the same genetics, but but right. they're switched on and off based on the um the environment, right? The, the right, the chemistry. That. And that's your environmental, that's your body's way of interacting with your your physical sensory input. So you're seeing right. stuff, you're hearing stuff, smelling stuff, tasting and feeling, and all that's being filtered into the brain. And what some of that may do depending on your previous experiences that may trigger an emotional response, which now generates the hormones, which now changes the the pH balance of the body and literally begins to alter our DNA. Yep. And that's very, that's a very new finding. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you, you probably read the biology of belief, Dr. Bruce Lipton. I have not, sir. Oh, that you're, you're speaking his language. You're speaking exactly what he's saying. So I, that, that'd be just another one to add to your, your library. But I think he wrote that only maybe 10 years ago. Right. And this is a very new kind of finding that you, the genes, the DNA actually changes. And it's yeah, the, extremely the, fascinating. The original study was done by, and I, I, I apologize, I forget his name um, off the top of my head, but he was a scientist for the University of Illinois who had studied how honeybees in his study, how honeybees changed their DNA wow. um, based on, you know, some other, you know, the factors that they had going on. And so it was extrapolated back in those days. It was extrapolated that, oh, well, if honeybees can do it, what else does it? And then everybody began this, this process of understanding the, the, the gravity that we've known hundreds of thousands of years, quite honestly, (laughs) Uh, as we look to the evolution of man. um, I mean, we could start putting in where we say, oh, here's where that started. Why? Because this, this, and this, 
my book, uh, of course, is coming out. Um, I don't know if it's really widely known yet, but that book is coming out in hopefully May um, sometime. We're waiting on the publisher. Um, and this book talks about, uh, my book discusses spirituality, obviously, uh, kind of central, but it talks about the effect of spirituality on our psychology and the science that makes that happen. And so all of those, that's my triad in the book. And, and so um, done a lot of reading and studying about um, exactly what I'm talking about, where we have a spiritual influence on us all the time, 24-7, 365. We have spiritual influences that are, that are kind of just flooding our system and we get essentially there are two energy sources that come in um we have the healing energy which uh the the uh, much of the eastern practices kind of absorb the chakra mm -hmm. and where the chakra passes energy uh the healing energy um others believe that it, it can just come right in and and that healing energy then can help us to heal our bodies and then we have another uh spiritual entity influence and that is our ancestors which brings us wisdom knowledge experiences that essentially arrives as far as you and i's experience we're going to experience it on our physical sensory input and so what's going to happen is we may catch something out of the corner of our eye or we may get a weird smell or right. we may hear things. Uh, what was that? And and all of these different sensory inputs kind of is the brain's way of saying, hey, I got this data. What is it? And so um, we kind of foster that. And what that does is allow us um, this, this knowledge and wisdom and experiences that we're receiving from our ancestors. It allows us to start connecting things within our mind. We're getting this, this visual memory you know, a visual uh, event that's occurring in front of us. We're getting a visual input. We may get an auditory. We may, we may get, uh, you know, a smell or something. And those are in intrinsically linked, right? So we can always re recall all of that. But then what happens is that memory gets stored in our brain. And then additional relationships are built to similar memories within the mind. Well, what happens is in some cases, our ancestors tie those things together for us, is that they create in our mind the experience, which then allows us to link these memory bits, if you will, together within our mind that we can then go through and we say, oh, well, that person, uh, because they've made all these links, they are wise. Mm, right. And that's, that's. Right. That's the, the physiological definition of wisdom is a lot of these relationships built between all these memories. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Dr. Mark, we're getting close to the end, but I want to I want to end with my most favorite question. You are uh, called to a let's say like a university graduation and you're going to give a 30 second motivational or inspirational speech to the graduating class on how they can get the most out of their lives. We're going real big picture. And I think I, I will end with the same thing we started on. And that is each of you possesses within us 
the power of change. That power of change can extend beyond our physical borders to others, where we can promote change in others by demonstrating that change in us. And so change starts intrinsically and you can change the world. Nice, that's awesome. Well, again, we're here uh, with Dr. Mark Wiseman on Health in the Real World. Dr. Mark, how do people get in touch with you uh, online, website, social media? The, uh, all of those things apply from what I'm understanding. Uh, I have a staff that does that for me, so not 100%. Okay. But uh, our, our main website, https colon slash slash akulfhethnar.com. And that site can get you in contact with all of the other things, whether it be our weekly show, our daily show, um, we have, uh, uh, you can actually get to my counseling practice from there. Uh, you can read a lot about being a shaman and what that means and what I do here in Alaska from a shamanistic perspective. So a multitude of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, and I encourage everybody to do that. Um, A.K. Ulf Hefnar, a little confusing for folks because in Old Norse, a D is T-H. Mm. <laughs> so I say Ulf Hefnar and everyone goes looking. So it's A.K. for Alaska, obviously. Ulf is U-L-F, as in Frank. Hef is H-E-D-N-A-R. So it's Ulf Hefnar. And uh, uh, so, uh, so folks can find me that way. Uh, Alaska Ulf Hefnar is the podcast. It's produced every Sunday mornings, um, as well as we have a wisdom circle that occurs on the wisdom app. Uh, that occurs every day, roughly at about 1130, uh, give or take. Uh, and that show is also broadcast uh, out on Apple, Spotify, all those myriad of high tech things. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks again, Dr. Mark. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was a great conversation. We'll definitely be in touch. Absolutely. My, my friend, I appreciate your time today and I appreciate your listeners. Peace on your journeys, my friends. Thanks for